therefore there's funny enough more levels of segregation between the public and its uh, government and uh, far from me to have any um I have no standing in giving advice uh, to the French government. I have no standing in, in giving advice to my uh, French friends, uh, distant family members and the likes. I just don't. What I can say is that I tend to believe that change is always from the ground up. And that means changing by changing the conversation and having that conversation on location in your local at the boulanger and everywhere and talking to the people you know in your environment to simply make sure that they talk to everyone in their government on each and every level and never shying away from debate and then yes participating in debate there is french radio just as well i think there's many opportunities uh, and we should simply never cease to press as you heard from our German colleague um, witness who came on who said that we must not we must not relinquish the pressure on the public officials and we must not cease in our effort to convince more people around us that this is one of the most pertinent one of the most important and urgent issues of our time thanks um Well, I just need to find out how to make friends then, and uh, then to convince them. Uh, ah, so off I go. <laughs> I cannot believe that. <laughs> Can I just ask something to Ben? Sure, go for it. You're always quick anyway. Yeah, yeah so I'm always quick. All, all of these Portuguese cutting the, the, the t time of the others. My God. No, no, I'm not a typical <laughs> Portuguese at all. <laughs> Not a typical one. I'm very short in what my statement is. Ben, I have been reading the um, Macron, what he's writing, what he has been saying today. Tell me something. Uh, two million uh, euros, uh, two, no, billions of euros to Ukraine. Uh, it speaks about global aid. It doesn't speak about and humanitarian aid. Eight, the value is very low compared. So where is going the other money, the rest of the money? Do you know it? Desculpa, uh, não. Não só. É um bocadinho terrível. He also speaks Portuguese. You just want two new friends, Ben. Of course. You cannot go around Paris without speaking Portuguese. <laughs> okay. Uh, <No. laughs> I will... Okay. I cannot answer, but I will. I will have a look. Okay, many thanks. So, can I speak now? Of course. Yeah, Luis, go with your question for Axel. Axel is high demand today. Can I sp speak, Spring? Is it okay for you? German humor. Yes, Ben. I I just want to give you a suggestion before I. Uh, talk to, to Axel. Uh, I found it yesterday myself and I think that is the, the most powerful tool that I've seen in the in the last two months. It is a, a page, I don't know made by whom, but um, uh, you it's a page, you go into that page and you can contact political um, persons in your country and send automatically mails to, to them. Um, I, I use that uh, 
512 times, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so it's a free database of email addresses um, uh, that are at your uh, free uh, use. So you can contact uh, the persons that are in there. And um, I can uh, post the address if you wish uh, through uh, DM. Yeah, that would be lovely. Thanks. And uh, to Axel, um, I, I don't know if you already talked about it, but uh, have you uh, seen the uh, amazing news about the phone call between Steinmeier and Zelensky and that Steinmeier and Scholz are driving to Kiev um, maybe on the 9th of May. Are they driving in a German tank, is my question. <laughs> I hope so. Because then they would need to have a permit from our Polish friends because German tanks cannot go by German drivers through Poland at the moment. Yeah. No, but... but, but... Uh, what do you think about it? I, I, I think that this is major news because uh, it's the full opposite of the last weeks of uh, German politics. Um, Zelensky also tweeted about it. And um, uh, I think this is the reason why we're, we are getting the news about the new Halvitzer and something like that. Um, I, I hope that from now on, the the politics will will change for the benefit of you ukraine people yeah the thing is okay yes um how should i put this at the moment uh scholz wants to save north rhine-westphalia for the social democrats and he knows that it's very tight he needs to gain ground so he needs to appease some of his more conservative social democrats in North Rhine-Westphalia. And amongst them are a number of those who actually work in areas which, uh, such as in Trollstorf and everywhere else, do produce weapons. And where there's a number of people who know very well where the product should go and what could be done. And there is already significant upheaval in the Social Democratic Party in North Rhine-Westphalia. Three different wings. He needs to lift up from his negatives, Mr. Scholz, that is. So what is he doing? Um, a few minutes ago at 7.08, Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung just uh, put it out, as well as Tagesschau, that Miss um, uh, Baerbock will now be dispatched by Mr. Scholz into, well, to arrive in Kiev. So Miss Baerbock receives the opportunity of her lifetime to Uh, therefore, safeguard the Greens against the Mertz effect, uh, meaning that Mr. Mertz may actually attrit the Greens yet again by taking away those voters who don't really feel comfortable with some of the things she has said, which is interesting. She is dispatched there so that he doesn't have to go there. And she's dispatched there as she was reclaimed last time, When, you, if you remember, she was at a NATO meeting and she was told to leave the NATO meeting, that's just a few weeks ago, to be on time for a remember, domestic yeah. vote, where she had to follow as if she were a lapdog. But then again, uh, foreign ministers in Germany for a long time have not been um, steadfast anymore. I think the last one we had was Genscher. So it's difficult. Uh, I think it, it... I don't want to completely disillusion you, and I think you already know that, that Mr. Scholz is, has not yet made up his mind as to how to survive politically. 
Absolutely. Uh, I, I didn't saw the, the news that you are talking about. And Frankfurt Allgemeine? You can find it on Tagesschau. And if you are tuned okay. in to Frankfurt Allgemeine, you would find it. But on Tagesschau.de, you can find it as the Eilmeldung, as they call it, the urgent, the breaking news. Shit, okay. And uh, uh, Scholz did this on a press, on a small presser, and uh, where he uh, has just stated that he is dispatching Miss Baerbock to Kiev. So, <sighs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's it's always the same thing, isn't it? I mean, they hand out something. Uh, somebody uh, in the discussion with Zelensky says, "Yeah, no, of course we should go," and then he dispatches us her because he fears yeah. that he's going to lose the left wing of the social democrats and at the same time he needs to do something so he has to be seen to be doing something but he wouldn't go there and that is just the worst thing you can do yeah i was quite excited i i wrote to doman hey look at this uh, they are traveling to to kiev because i i i hoped that um politics uh, would change but uh, that's uh, yeah, disgusting yeah, but he might lose uh, yet again Schleswig-Holstein and he might lose actually North Rhine-Westphalia and the latter actually matters and it matters a great deal. Yeah, absolutely. Because in North Rhine-Westphalia, the Christian Democrats and the Greens could actually for the first time test out whether in a large and important country they could work together. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Baden-Württemberg, but that you know what I mean. It's it's different if you win in North Rhine-Westphalia. It's the biggest, the biggest federal country in Germany. Yeah, I, I live is. actually. I live actually okay. here in North Rhine-Westphalia. So then, then you know what it means for the SPD to lose it, and if they were to lose it to what becomes a coalition government, which is a counter coalition, that doesn't bode well for Mr. Scholz. Yeah, but. Uh, on the other side, on the positive side, I, I must say, after the the complete theater in the last weeks, the last seventy days, I'm when I think about it, I I'm happy that Baerbock and uh, that it's still Baerbock is is uh, going to Kiev because Baerbock is one of the persons that pushed um, delivery delivery of heavy weapons, and uh, I think that would be a friendlier person to Zelensky as Scholz. Yeah, well, uh, as always, we resort to better than nothing, right? Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I didn't, mean that, Luis, I didn't mean to disillusion you, but I think we both uh, have had our fair share of experience with our wonderful um, politicians in Germany, have we not? Right, thank you guys. Let's go on. And now the plan is going to be we're going to talk to Bloke, then we're going to talk to Freebird, and then I have, I think, two or three questions and DMs that need answering that have been pending for a while. So, Bloke Quebecois, the best pun in Canadian political Twitter, go ahead. Hi, thank you. I've been listening all, all day uh, while I work. I appreciate the, uh, the space. I just wanted to uh, point out to everyone that um, <laughs> this just came out that Putin called Bennett to personally apologize for Lavrov's statements over the past few days. So much winning. <laughs> you know, um, Lavrov, of course, made some really stupid statements about um, uh, Zelensky and about uh, Hitler. I mean, 
I don't even want to go into it. it it's so dumb. And the damage done uh, to, I mean, if it's possible to make the relations worse, the damage done um, with relations with Israel were, were, were astounding. And so he personally just called to apologize to Bennett. I don't know why Bennett even took the call. Um, I would love to hear from, uh, if there, we have any Israelis listening, I would love to hear about the political landscape in Israel and if it's shifting and if it will result in more direct sanctions and, and military aid for Ukraine. I know there are some activities going on on the ground in Ukraine, but I, I would like to see if there's more active participation. And I just wanted to bring that to your attention. And then I do have a question afterwards, but... Um, um, uh, and that's about the recent provocations of Russia uh, with a helicopter going three kilometers into Finland and so forth. I'm beginning to see signs of weakness that um, Putin is now looking for an excuse to get out of the mess he's gotten himself into um, by either provoking NATO to get involved uh, so that he has someone to blame and, and by trying to get out of this. And I, I was wondering if uh, you guys have any thoughts on that, um, because I don't see this as intimidation, but rather an attempt to bait. Um, I was wondering if that's a crazy theory or if anyone agrees. I hear you. Uh, let me address the first point. I, I found it interesting that um, it was, of course, Bennett's office which published the note and stated that they have accepted the um, apology by Mr. Putin and uh, thanked Mr. Putin for the clarification of uh, President Putin's um, views towards the Jewish um, state, the, the Jews as a people, and the remembrance of the Holocaust, which is interesting that Mr. Bennett does this first. Because there is absolutely no verification so far, to my knowledge, from the Kremlin. And I doubt that we will get one. Well, I'm thinking that they're probably worried about their interests in Syria at this point. I mean, um, they, they've already um, um, made noises about the, 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 the shelling of Hezbollah and so forth um, in, in Syria. And I'm, I'm thinking that they're beginning to worry that this could really unravel on them if they piss off the Israelis even more than they already have. So that's... I mean, I'd love to hear from an Israeli if there was one here. I mean, the, the statements were so ludicrously beyond offensive, I, I can't even repeat them. Um, now then, uh, getting back to the, the point about signs of weakness, I mean, to me, that's a sign that, that he's unraveling, that he sees that he's gotten himself into trouble, that he's desperately looking for an excuse to get out of it, to explain to his people and I see the provocations recently over uh, Finnish and Swedish airspace as an attempt to bait um, or an attempt to blame everything on NATO. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You agree then? So it's not crazy. I, I, no, no, I, I agree that he is seeking, uh, seeking a position of potential victimhood so that he can project blame onto others. Of course. I think we've been making the statement many times over that he tries to bait he tries to entangle NATO and he tries to find ways as to how to resolve his domestic political crisis. But this could be a potential way for him to climb down and go back home and leave us alone. Um, 
Uh, he will never leave us alone, even if he climbs down now. We have to forego this utopian sentiment that just because somebody, even if he were to step down or be folded, that this would end the otherwise ceaseless war of Moscow center against the West. You need to read what Mr. Patrushev wrote two years ago. If you want, I can send you an original statement by him. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Are you referring to the uh, philosopher? That... Mm, no, 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 Patrushev, the, uh, his uh, FSB general. Yeah, oh, I would love to see that. Um, and, no, and, and no, I'm under um, the, uh, uh, the Russians have um, diamonds, have um, informational military containment forever. Um, they must never be allowed to uh, project power. Um, it's over. And, um, but I, I'm, I'm just hoping that at least we can kick them out of Ukraine. So, um, you know, maybe they'll yeah, counter... Look, look, you are quite... Um, uh... Muted. Yes. I think your headset gave up on your own speaker. Is that possible? <clears throat> It's possible, uh, mic check? Much better now. Carry on. Okay, thank you. Um, Russia must be contained forever, um, unless there's a dramatic uh, uh, change in the political system, which I doubt will ever happen. So uh, they must be contained through, you know, dime containment. So that's uh, diplomatic, informational, military and economic um, containment. Um, in the future, we all agree on that. Um, but I'm just hoping that maybe if the front collapses at this point, they withdraw, go home, and then they're contained after that. Um, and then I, I see these latest moves as a sign of weakness, a sign that they, they might be collapsing diplomatically as well as militarily. And um, I, I don't know if that's hopeful or wishful thinking, but these are the signs that I, I, I'm seeing potentially. That he that his uh, laptop lover of, sorry, that his Lavrov, Lavrov um, made a huge mistake, I think was clear in the moment when that statement was made, and that he would therefore lose more control of assets and uh, potential and um, negotiation um, space was also evident. That Syria was immediately not just in play, but foregone, must have been clear to anyone who's ever done anything in this field. So, yes, Certain things will go wrong, but they will go wrong and unravel because they are set on the wrong foundation. And that foundation is the one which needs to crack. Well, um, what an idiot, but here's hoping that it all collapses sooner rather than later because uh, we need them out. Um, uh, thanks very much. That's all I wanted to bring to your attention. And uh, again, if there are any Israelis uh, listening in, I would love to hear from them. Thank you. I'll drop down the listener now. Thanks, bloke. Um, all right, let's go to Freebird. And then, as said earlier, um, let's uh, go through some DM messages. Freebird. Freebird. Yeah, thank you. Hope you're all well. Uh, I just uh, wanted to step in and uh, or jump in and um, uh, tell you of the, of the great news in my eyes and ears that Baerbock is uh, going to Ukraine, but Axel was quicker. <laughs> And uh, um, and I have uh, two questions. Uh, one question regarding this visit by Baerbock and um, another one. So um, first of all, I I really I was uh, thinking of speaking to the the question of uh, or the discussion ongoing discussion in Germany. But um, 
it just makes me mad uh, at this point. So, and I'm admiring Excel's calmness uh, regarding uh, the, the ongoing discussion and the uh, blatantly um, illogic and, and yeah, um, selfish uh, positions of, of many people here. But anyway, um, so my question is regarding Baerbock's visit. Can we expect that she will deliver something or will it be a more symbolic visit? So, so can we expect that maybe something is not, will be announced in, in Kiev itself or around this visit, because we know that there are some decisions pending in the Bundessicherheitsrat and the Security Council regarding um, weapon deliveries. Um, yeah, that's my first question. And the second question, I'm also very interested in the Israeli situation, especially since I read somewhere that even weapon deliveries are discussed now in Israel. So yeah, that uh, if, if anyone knows about this. That would be great. Thank you. I have a hundred. I have a hundred. No, about this. Sorry, everybody, you're feeling back pretty badly. But um, recon, if you want to talk about the Israeli situation, uh, feel free to go ahead, both in answer to Freebird and Bloke. Um. Yeah. So I'm both. Be, they live both between Israel and the states. So, um, I'm. I've been in the states recently, but I've been following what's going on in the. Um. So, to, to a certain extent. It's it's a little disappointing because, you know, people in Israel are kind of, I don't want to say um, being self-centered in a way about it. I mean, they're they're very upset over the Lavrov to the extent where they're, they're like really pissed off over. But in general, over the entire war, it, it's been it's just been a disappointment for me. With the response from so many people that, you know, like, it, it's not good for us, Israel, to get involved because we should be looking out for our interests. And our interests right now is, you know, being able to operate in Syria. And I don't think that this is going to change it because... There was an apology, you know, like it, had it not been an apology put forward and had it gone on and he dug in his heels, maybe it would have changed it. But I don't think that this is going to change the course of, pub, of of the majority of public opinion. I just see it like, you know, for some reason, it's just this, there's this, this, this is really just disappointing I, I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand it at all. It's just really, really disappointing. This, this um, self-centeredness that that has been happening recently, and this not understanding that, well, even forget the the Ukrainian side of it, that that that, you know, um, support, you know, siding with Russia has never worked out well for anybody historically. It hasn't worked out well for Syria in the '73 uh, war against Israel. It hasn't worked out well for Egypt in the '73 or '63 war. It hasn't has '67 war. It hasn't worked out well for 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 any of the Arab countries. But when Israel's been standing with the United States on things, it's worked out well for them. So so like you know, look at who who who've been helping you and, and and look at and just look at the look at the 
just moral obligation you have to stand by a country that's going through a genocide when your country was started because you just went through a genocide. It's, I, I just don't understand, you know, so it's, it's just a disappointment. That's, that's where I am. Thanks, Recon. Uh, thanks for the, thanks for the input. Um, sorry, was somebody, I thought Axel was about to say something. No, thank you very much, Recon. Um, also, Nina, if you'd like to go ahead and, uh, and answer the rest of Bloke's question, which was about Finland, uh, likewise, feel free. No, no, I didn't hear the question. What, what did you ask? Oh my, oh yes, Bloke was asking about, I thought that's where you came on. Uh, Bloke was asking about the provocation with helicopters in Finland, that doesn't matter if you if that's not why you came up. Uh, can, can you just wait a bit so we go through Luis first and John, and then we'll circle back to you. If that's right, Nina. All right, Luis. Yeah, um, sorry for disturbing again. I have a question for Recon, but I think he's gone now. Um, we'll, we'll get him back, Recon. If you hear us, you can uh, please re-request because uh, there's another Israel question for you. Yeah, um, I just wanted to know because uh, we already talked about it. I think uh, yesterday, not yesterday, but wait, the day just, before. Just, just wait a second, because he won't be able to hear you while he's connecting. And there's no oh, point okay. if you um, if you talk while he's connecting. I'll let you know when he's connected. Okay, go ahead, Luis, with the question for Econ. Yeah, we we discussed this um, yesterday, the day before. I don't know. Uh, M was uh, one of the moderators, so I, I uh, just pointed out to my theory that this thing that Lavrov has said is was just a chess move to appease Arabic Muslim countries, so Russia is able to get um, new business opportunities there and uh, to get a little bit money that they, that they are losing now uh, through the European sanctions. Uh, if, if you look, um, I, I think Lavrov was uh, three weeks ago uh, in some Arabic country um, because of a deal. And he said that thing that I won't repeat uh, on the 3rd of May and on the 4th of May, um, uh, Hamas delegation uh, drove to Moscow and met with uh, with him, I think. And um, yeah, I, I think that it wasn't stupid or, or a mistake uh, uh, from him to say that because it was a chess move. Um, don't you think so, Rico? I don't know if... It- well, he's look. Lavrov's obviously not an idiot. He's he's a liar and 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 a con man, but he's 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 not stupid. Um, I I don't know if the purpose was to get um uh necessarily more Arab countries to support him. You know, it could have been done more directly by speaking about how. Um, uh, you know, speaking about the, you know, Israeli-Arab conflict, you know, that Russia has been in the UN recently pushing for um, more um, discussions to take place in, about the Arab-Israeli conflict. Um, and he could have pushed somehow or another on that button 
if you wanted to, to kind of awaken the support in Arab countries. But so I, I don't know if, if necessarily Holocaust denialism or Holocaust, you know, blame the Jews on the Holocaust. Really, I don't know how much it works outside of like, let's say, Iran and, um, you know, their association with the Naturi Karta, uh, you know, the Satmir sect of the Jews and the really crazy Satmir sect, um, if, you know, with that, and I'm not sure. Um, maybe I, I don't I just don't know. I think yeah, because if you if you if you look at the timeline, it was um, pretty obvious that something is going on. I mean, the next day, the Hamas drove to Moscow, and there was—I don't know—I I had the feeling there is some connection in it. Look, there, there possibly could be. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying there isn't, but it, it's not like. Um, it, it's you know when when I think of issues. Um, that come up about Israel and the Jews and the, you know, quote unquote Jewish problem and the Israel problem and the Zionist problem um, in the Arab world. I don't see Jews being Nazis as one of the main ones. Uh, maybe I see that, that, you know, Zionism is the new quote unquote you know, quote unquote, you know, Nazism of its day, um, in some sense, in some form, in some really leftist college campuses. In the, fuck that. You know, fuck no, in, in silence, the BTS silence, movement. Silence but, is God. No, the BTS, in the BTS God. movement and stuff like that. But, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm not. I, I don't know if that really is something that. You know, I just don't. I just don't know if that's something that catches on. And uh, I know more about whether that catches on in college campuses than if that catches on in Arab countries. You know, that, that's that, that's what I'm saying. I, I just don't know if it if it maybe maybe you know maybe 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 it's right. You no, know, I, I I just think there was there's more direct ways you could have gone about it um, if you wanted to. But 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 maybe he's right that he that that that's the way that's the way to go about it. And, you know, maybe he you know he listen as I said he's a smart person he's not stupid. We 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 he he's yeah he's, I, I know that that's why that's why uh, I I think it wasn't a mistake it was on purpose so. Right. Um, but but okay, uh, thank which, you, which, thank you for your he's answer. He's not an idiot, which is why he's so dangerous. You know, that's why he's so dangerous. He's not an idiot. Maybe he was. Maybe it was directed like that. I don't know. I can't say. All right. Thank you very much, Rikon. Bye, Rikon. Thanks. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's go to John and uh, then to Slavo Ukraini. Uh, thank you. Um, I want to ask about the recent reports that. Uh, well, obviously there there is considerable evidence now that Russia has been um, essentially just stealing large quantities, uh, massive quantities of grain from um, occupied areas. And I believe yesterday, the day before, I saw some reports that 
they have been attempting to sell it to uh, foreign countries such as, I believe, Syria and Egypt primarily, and attempting to essentially transfer stolen grain to Crimea and then from there sell it to the Syrians or the Egyptians or some other country, you know, put it on a boat and ship it to wherever its destination is. Um, what I wanted to ask was, um, would it be um, feasible, um, both from a practical standpoint and also from an international law standpoint, for the United States government uh, via uh, the United States Navy to simply just seize um, any vessels that are suspected of uh, transporting stolen grain or other um, materials stolen from occupied areas of Ukraine? So we can say as much. Uh, it was definitely well documented that large quantities of grain have been stolen by the Russians. Uh, additionally, we saw that uh, well, what was it? City Council of Krasnoyarsk or whatever hellhole in Siberia that was from, uh, saying that they authorized the uh, what, what did they call the expropriation? Yes, they 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 used the word expropriatia um, of grain from farmers and food generally from Ukrainian farmers. Not that they have particular power, it just shows what kind of attitude Russians at large have uh, towards Ukrainians and, uh, you know, their food, even when they're thousands of miles away in the middle of Siberia. Um, I am not sure what evidence there is or was uh, about the supposed sale of 27,000 tons, I think it was, of grain to Egypt. Maybe someone can uh, fill me in on that. Sadly, M is not about to let us know. Um as to Syria, Syria is basically a Russian client state at this point. Uh, and yeah, sure, they probably managed to sell some to Syria. And that, that seems very straightforward. Uh, Spring, if you have more knowledge on this, please feel um, free to go ahead. I heard yesterday uh, um, explaining, as far as I understood, it was um, they tried to sell it to Egypt, but they were, uh, Egypt government was warned that it was coming from Ukraine. And they didn't accept, and so they turned it to. They went with the grains to Syria. It's what what I'm explained, but we can ask him later. But it was what I heard yesterday. All right. So they didn't actually manage to sell it to Egypt, and so so it got diverted to Syria, right? Um, but yeah, purely in the, in in the sense of quantity, John. Um, uh, five grain ships, I think, were were. were pirated out of the port of Berdyansk. We know that. Uh, we know the vast quantities have been taken out of Luhansk Oblast. Uh, we know that you know, whole trains of, uh, of, of lorries uh, were, were taking grain out of, where was that, Militopol, I think, that grain elevator there, and so on and so on, and lots of, lots of other places, probably Kherson as well. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, is there, and is there a subpart to this question uh, that well, I, I, I might have missed? I probably have. The I, I wasn't questioning whether or not the the stealing of grain was happening. My question was, um, in the event that they attempt to sell stolen, you know, grain, foodstuffs, or anything else at all um, overseas, and attempt to transport it, you know, by ship. In the event that they attempt to do that, should we, and by we I mean the U.S., attempt to unilaterally seize vessels suspected of carrying stolen goods? from Ukraine. Hmm, interesting question, right? I knew I missed something. Um, Axel, are you more up to date on piracy law and similar things than I am? I'm currently eating, I apologize. Okay, he needed to confirm or denied. Um, do you know what, John? We might be circling back to back to your question unless we have someone who 
is more qualified to comment on this than I am, because I'm not particularly up to date on this. Um, M, if you can comment on ships carrying grain and what the U.S. government should do to uh, stop them, uh, as in stolen grain from Ukraine, please request to speak, because you might have a better grasp of this than I do. In the meantime, uh, John, hang about. We'll, we'll circle back to that in a little bit uh, when either Axel has finished eating or, or someone else has come up. In the meantime, Slava Ukraini. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Heron Slava. Heron Slava. Twitter was... Uh, I, I'm sorry. Twitter was dropped me as a speaker, so I updated the app and restarted. So I hope this uh, this this time uh, all all will be fine. So I wanted to tell uh, some information. What uh, so for a lot of people in the world, uh, Ukraine appeared on the map starting the twenty fourth of the fe- February, and this uh, and a lot of people started to ask. Uh, why, 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 why would we, well, why Russia do, do doing this? Why, why this uh, inside? And uh, Chui's war not started 24th of February. War started uh, in the 2014 years, and this started uh, after the Maidan when. Yanukovych jumped to into Russia, uh, and uh, then Russia did uh, occupied Crimea, Crimea, and then war started on the east of Ukraine. So, uh, not even uh, 2014 is not the start of the aggression against uh, Ukrainian people. So uh, Yanukovych was, let's say, tool in the uh, in the hands of the Russia, and uh, since 2004, when the Orange Revolution started. So this is this is a, 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 a history of preparation to this war. So this war, which we now count uh, by days, which is more than two uh, months. Now, started uh, before, right when the Putin started as a leader of the Russia. So, th- this is, is my take. On, uh, no, this is my way uh, to add more information. Since I hear, uh, since I uh, listen about a week, this space, great space, I see that a lot uh, people just asking why, why, why this happened. This happened not uh, two months ago. This was happening step by step uh, by disinformation, by uh, zombifying Russian people. And this was a plan, plan to this day that was started uh, again 24th of February. So um, I hope this was uh, helpful. Wow. Sorry, Slavo uh, I had some technical issues as well and dropped in the meantime. Um, uh, but I did I okay. did hear the vast majority of what you said, however. I just couldn't uh, say anything back. Um, thank you. 
and thank you for being with us and hope you um you know come on much more often still because it's really nice for us to you know be able to not just hear you from ukrainian voices but also be able to amplify ukrainian voices uh as much as possible and we love to have ukrainians on as a consequence okay thank you thank you and if anyone has any questions uh for slava ukraini uh feel free to raise your hands as well uh in the meantime mika thanks Tomani. so i want to tell my story about slava ukraini it's uh, because i'm a finnish and uh, <clears throat> during the winter war uh, 1939-1940 we destroyed two divisions in, in northern, northern Finland, and there were Ukrainian divisions of Soviet Union who tried to invade Finland. And of course, I had a little bit different feelings about this, and these divisions were totally destroyed. I, I still have a command flags, I saw them with the blood in the Finnish war museum, but but nowadays, nowadays guys, you know, I'm, I'm totally Slava Ukraini. And, uh, at, uh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally Slava Ukraini, and uh, and uh, this was just my story because it's a very famous battle of uh, Ratten Tie, if you know this, and uh, there were two Ukrainian divisions destroyed in northern Finland who tried to invade, but there were Soviet divisions, to be honest. It wasn't, no, right, it, wasn't right. Uka- it, it wasn't Ukrainian division, it was Soviet division, uh, the way. This is, I just wanted to share this because I'm, I'm fully with you guys mm-hmm. and, uh, and and nothing like that. But I, I seen the, you know, picture a little bit different as well, but I know I know how you used to be. So I just want to share this and uh, I'm, I'm fully, like I said, Slava Ukraine. So uh, I'm not historian, I'm not, uh, not can, cannot uh, look so far, far, far in the history, but uh, when, when, uh, when with these uh, Soviet times, uh, Ukrainian was enslaved. The, now is uh, similar to this uh, when Russians occupied Donetsk and Luhansk. They do what? They uh, uh, give guns to the Ukrainians who lived and supported Russia and to telling them go and kill Ukrainians who is on the West. So uh, th- this uh, uh, enslavement by uh, Soviets and by, by the Russians is what we, they doing. They line, 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 the nine, the nine, and go, uh, sending Ukrainian people who live, uh, uh, believe on in the lie and sending them to kill themselves. So this is uh, um, this is tragedy. This is a genocide. So thank you for the support and I am amazed by this space this is just incredible so thank you thank you this, this space Hello. is absolutely thank you for taking the time. Ex- excellent so thanks for Axel and Domen and everybody who's hosting this is this is excellent space thank you guys and, and Gal. <laughs> 
But you know why the space is excellent? The space is excellent. I mean, founded by Walter and uh, then supported by uh, <clears throat> Yehuda and Uliana uh, uh, and Verlaine, who came first, and then it expanded to volunteers. But the space is only excellent because we have a great audience. And yes. uh, that, that is how this works. It's collaborative. Axel, we have a great host as well. <laughs> From time to time, not always, I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't think of Yehuda, but I love you guys and girls always, always. Thank you. Now, I shall pass this on to those who actually do great work here. Now, having said this, um, uh, Mika, I think yet again, it, what you just highlighted in the anecdote, it showcases what Mr. Putin has achieved. He has unified across cultures, borders, differences, different histories. He has unified Western free countries. We call them Western, but then again, everything to the West of Russia ends up at some point in time in Alaska, right? If you go long enough, you're far enough. And Western ideas uh, being uh, as in... Axel, Axel, so well said, so well said. <laughs> to be honest, so well said, you know, it has integrated us all. Look at this space. Well done, well done. Thank you, guys. It does. <clears throat> all righty, I shall bring Marek and Carl up, more of our regulars. Hold on. <clears throat> right, um, Axel, would you want to comment on John's uh, question about grain ships earlier? Yeah, okay, John, apologies. Yes, I, I do owe you an answer in that regard. Um, it's a difficult topic, if you think about it, because... Obviously, yes, stolen goods in transit under maritime law can be arrested and can be stopped. Problem is, of course, on what ship and under which flag, because um, a, you have to have a mandate to pursue it, meaning the stolen goods have to be evidenced as being stolen goods. <laughs> and trust me, our formalistic friends on the other side would always use pretty much every escape clause in, in the book in order to showcase that this is not the grain which came from there, but it's the grain which came from over there. And uh, please show us what, where is your, so to say, international Haftbefehl, meaning where is your um, order? That is the tricky part of it. Now, that doesn't mean that reality and pragmatism cannot actually set in. The problem is if uh, the uh, flag carried by the vessel is Russian, and the problem is if it is actually, in this case, Therefore, then used as bait. There, there is the real trick in all of this. And whether for a little bit of grain, you want to give Mr. Putin the out of accepting his bait. What would, um, besides um, potential, as a quick addendum to that, um, if they were to employ a Russian flagged vessel, um, besides the Russian Navy potentially attempting to stop the seizure, which could uh, get very spicy, uh, depending, you know, if it's the U.S. Navy or, you know, another NATO member attempting to seize said vessel, you know, what are the potential, you know, outcomes if we were attempt to, uh, if we were to attempt to seize uh, a Russian flagged uh, merchant vessel, you know, suspected of uh, transporting stolen goods? Well, of course, uh, the question of a contested seizure of an asset is one. And obviously, you don't want to end up in that situation because, as we have argued many times on this space, we do not want to have a force-on-force -force conflict in this regard at all. 
will try to make sure that this does not happen at all because it gives rise to that uh, exculpatory approach and this uh, being becoming an issue um, on a completely different level. But um, what can be done certainly is that uh, a ship which uh, transports grain and has been declined entrance to another port could technically, the next time it were to go to a port, which is, shall we say, a little bit more neutral, it could be seized by the by means of an order, which you can see. Don't forget, Ukraine can do this if it has reason to believe and it has a good credence and testament and evidence that it could seek um, an order of seizure. And uh, one should always look at uh, what kind of a vessel it is, actually, whether it's a vessel which, for example, has Western insurance. We had this discussion a little earlier today. Very difficult to assess. We have to really check it as to whether this uh, these are SCF vessels or not. Um, so it's a spicy question. Um, I have to um, have a little chat with a few people, if you allow me. Let me park this issue and we'll come back to you. Of course. I've, the, over the past few days, the two things that I've kind of really been brainstorming are ways to really put the screws to Russia in terms of... Um, merchant shipping to and from Russia, as well as um, you know, potential ways to interdict or break um, the blockade of Odessa to allow uh, commercial shipping uh, to Ukraine to resume. Those are the two things I've been kind of brainstorming the past two days. Yeah, the latter is obviously one of the hardest nuts to crack. I mean, I think we, we had a discussion on that one yesterday already in quite some detail. And that is certainly, uh, that is a real challenge. The interdiction of uh, sto potentially stolen goods, um, that is something which is interesting. It's, I mean, what's easier, and we discussed this as well, is the, uh, for example, <clears throat> to deter uh, Russian naval forces in the Med to try to, uh, in some shape or form, impair, negate, or even seize <clears throat> and pirate ships. That's, uh, which was also a, a topic of discussion. That is something which actually any of the respective uh, forces in the Med can do. Technically, you could send a Algerian coastal defense out, if you so like, or have the Moroccans do it. Um, but then again, it could even be, um, well, well, it could be the Greeks for that, for that matter, if the Turks don't want it. But um, yes, uh, that is something which can be done in order to protect and preserve the integrity of merchant shipping lanes in, in the Mediterranean. And there is no real issue of force and force conflict, uh, because if Russian troops were to try to seize an asset which is rightfully traveling um, freely on the high seas, then that ship can call out a mayday. And then not only are the merchant marine, but also um, surrounding um, military forces are requested to assist against piracy. There's no question in that regard. That is easy to educate. And by the way, I doubt that they would ever try to do this because they know that they have absolutely no measure they really have absolutely no capacity to deter any of the Western navies at this point in time. And God forbid that they should meet someone from the sixth fleet. So Marek and then Carl. Oh, hello. Uh, mic check. Loud and clear. Thank you. So uh, once again, uh, hello to everyone. I'm waving friendly my hand to you, to all of you from Poland. And what I want to say, I, I thought I would be the only listener, listener today, but I was 
uh, you know, all my uh, my heart was uh, smiling uh, when when I heard the conversation uh, between uh, Finnish, Finnish and uh, Ukrainian friends and uh, the mem remembrance of the history. And what I want to say that, uh, is that uh, in such circumstances as, for example, uh, this space, uh, we all are uh, r the real patriots of our countries. Sometimes I, I can, I, I know from my country, uh, some people uh, treat, uh, behave, um, Things that being a patriot is waving only a national flag, but this is uh, what I want to say. That uh, thank you for uh, for your, what you are doing, and uh, uh, that we can uh, uh, talk to each other with in in a kind uh, way. And I want to say uh, one uh, one thing uh, uh, that. Uh, we uh, so i mean poland and and ukraine uh, have also i think from the bottom of my heart i'm a real friend of U ukrainian nation and this is not because of the war but it's i always uh, like ukraine and ukrainians uh, but we have uh, uh, some of you, or, or maybe all of you, who knows history, we know that we had uh, also um, very difficult times, difficult um, uh, deeds uh, between our nations, and this is uh, uh, this is something. Uh, this war is, is for me. This is uh, like a, um, if we. Uh, are forced to to seek uh, good things. It's such a mm, such a mm, traumatic uh, moments uh, which are uh, now uh, taking place in Ukraine. Is that this is a grant for for good for 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 love uh, for, for for friendship and for me uh, this is for example. Uh, when when me or or my friends or my you know people from Poland are helping Ukraine, it is the the best way to uh, to to vanish all all things that uh, that differ us uh, because of the history. So this is what I wanted to say today, and uh, so that's why I thank you and. Uh, Twice more, I thank to all all uh, of you who are uh, uh, 